evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, the largest single-screen drive-in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening. And don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink. Eighty-nine point three Mahoning Drive-In Radio. Your old friend Virgil back once again with another amazing installment of the podcast. And today we don't have one but two co-hosts, very special guests in Mama Beth. Say hi, Mark. Say hi, Mama Beth. Hi. Hi. So I gotta ask right off the front, how do you like the name Mama Beth? The nickname has stuck like crazy. I didn't like it to begin with. <laughs> started calling me it last season and I was like, can I be like Aunt Beth or something? Not Mama Beth. And I remember Zoe looking at me and going, no, it, it's Mama Beth. And she's going <laughs> So literally they call me mom, 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 Mama Beth. So <laughs> and now you've decided to call me it too. Eric calls me it. Candace calls me it. I don't know that I've ever heard Mark call me it. I would. But um, it, 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 it's a little strange. It's a little strange. It's one of it's one of those things for you guys who don't know. Uh, Beth runs our concession lobby. She's our head manager in the concession lobby, and she's become so much more than that. Not just to the young crew, but to the organization in general. And she's been really on the front lines with opening up what this company can do, which has been such a blessing for us. And since she's been literally on the front lines of all this uh, madness this year, we figured it would be an amazing perspective to get. But off the top, I do have to thank you so much for all the amazing work that you've done, not just this season, but when you were a dedicated fan, which we'll get into. But my daughter Zoe is on the concession crew. She is one of Beth's kids, if you will. And the guidance that she has given these kids is nothing short of breathtaking. And it's it's exactly what I had hoped when I dreamed of quote unquote, raising my kids at the drive-in is having this extension of the family, people that not only they can look to for work guidance, but literally life guidance. So I'll get that out of the way. You mean the world to us and to me personally. So thank you. No, I thank you. Oh, it's been, it's been amazing. So why don't you tell people, I know we got into it a little bit on your story podcast that we did when we first revved up the podcast, but why don't you let people know how long you've been coming to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater and uh, how you became head manager at the uh, Mahoning Drive-In Theater? We came for the first year you guys did Universal Monsters. So we came and saw The Mummy and The Invisible Man. I had never been to a drive-in before. So uh, Jeff actually brought me to the drive-in. And I remember being so nervous. We should point out Jeff is, Be I always, we have to say Beth's Jeff, not our yes. Jeff. They call him <laughs> That's Papa significant Jeff other. <laughs> Of course. They, they call him Papa Jeff, which he has adapted to very, very well. So he brought me to the drive-in. I was super, super nervous. I absolutely fell in love with it. And I think as we were leaving that night, I said, so what are they playing next? next weekend and we came back next weekend and we oh. just we just we were hooked i was hooked and then um i want to say the following season we bought a tent and we started camping so we were literally there on the lot every weekend in our tent yeah i want to say you reached out to me 
it was after everything with the COVID and you said, Hey, you want to come on and work, uh, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, like those oddball days that nobody else wanted to work. And I said, sure. So I came in as a concession staff last year. Um, I kind of picked up other responsibilities while I was there as well. The kids really latched on to me, always looking for, you know, guidance and things that they could do and how they could help me out. So I think from there, it just kind of fell into that management position yeah. that you and, and Jeff had offered me at the beginning of the season. And I was very, very thankful for it that I was thought so highly of that you guys would, would want me to be the manager of the concession stand. Well, I think it's one of those situations from from my memory. You became, and Jeff, your Jeff, became two of the faces that were staples. You were there all the time. Even when we couldn't get our regular staff there, we're looking at, you know, you guys there dedicated, set up every single week. And I think we invited you to that, that crew party in 2019. Yeah, it was and a wild time. Yeah, and it was. Well, so if you're ever invited to the postseason staff party, <laughs> be careful. Free up your your weekend summers. Yeah, the following it might be year. a hook, but it, it was a no brainer choice with all the uh, you know cards that got dealt to us. Not only with COVID, but um, how the business kind of shifted in general, and um, you know it's been awesome. So why don't you talk about your perspective this year as far as? The crowds, the change from outdoor um, concessions to starting to let people in and that whole shift. I was excited for the stand to open up. The kids were very nervous because they never really had the stand open. So I think we did it when Bill Mosley was there, but that November 1st with Harry, with Exhumed. We had opened up the stand and we had everybody in at the end of the year. And they were really excited, but I think they were a little nervous too. But that was really the only taste of it that they got. So I want to say this season, when did we open up the stand? It was around June, wasn't it? June 1st. And I remember um, Jeff saying, oh, the stand's going to open up. And the kids were literally sending me all these messages. We're going to get fired. We're not going to have a job. We don't know how to cook. We don't know how to run the fryers. And I'm like, you, you need to calm down. Like, you guys aren't going anywhere. That's that's part of my responsibility. I'll get you all trained behind the grills and the fryers and, you know, running the popcorn machine and cleaning up and doing all this stuff and the maintenance on all the, the equipment and that. You know, I had to teach them all this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I just remember they were they were so, so nervous. And now I can't get them away from the grill top and the fryer. That's crazy and, to think and, that that was June, you know, because now it, now all the, the staff is is like clockwork, you know, on, on all the equipment. Yeah. So now it's literally like, so who's going to run register tonight? And they all kind of look at me and I'm like, I'm not running register. <laughs> <laughs> but they they love it now. And I can't get them away from from cooking and coming up with ideas and they, they work together so, so well. I couldn't ask for a better crew, especially considering their age. Yeah. I mean, you know, we range from like 16 to 19. I've said it multiple times. Working with them is no different than working with the kids in the childcare. Yeah. <laughs> take that for what you will right? <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's giving that guidance and that support. It's just giving it in a different way. You know, if you, if you understand what I'm saying, you know, and I just, I worked with kids for many, many years. It was just trying to figure out a different way to guide them and give them that guidance. 
Yes, that's why I think it was the no-brainer as far as the management position, because that's really what management is. It's about being able to handle personalities. And in your case, or in most cases in any other theater that I've run, it's you're dealing with literally high school kids at a time that, you know, anything can set them off. So <laughs> it's not an easy task to take on. And I think you found the perfect approach. But the one thing that people love when they come into the concession lobby is the amazing specials. So do you have a process when it comes to the specials? Do you make them try them at home, test them out, have the kids try them? Where does the spark come from? I think in the off season, what I did was I actually went back and I looked at old specials to see exactly what kind of worked. I know for myself, it was going back to like Andrew who used to run the kitchen his specials and remembering the specials that I enjoyed having. Yes. And sometimes just taking them and reworking them a little bit. I think that for myself running the kitchen, it was trying to make them simpler. So that way the line in the concession stand would move along. So people didn't have to wait maybe 15 or 20 minutes for a special. Everything was kind of put together. I think getting away from just a a special burger every weekend, doing the special chicken nuggets or a chicken sandwich or doing the universal monster mash in the crock pot versus putting it on a burger. Um, I did that trauma event. What was it? The Shakespeare shitstorm. And you're like, okay, I need to come up with a shit themed edible concession. (laughs) And, and I remember it was actually uh, JT and Lisa came to me and she goes, they're, they're doing this premiere. Like we need something gross and disgusting. And I'm like, I will figure it out. I got you. And it was literally like just chopped up chicken and mashed potatoes and corn. Cause you have to have corn in there. I actually watched the trailer for the Shakespeare shitstorm, And that's where I got my inspiration from. Um, <laughs> and mixed up green food coloring in the turkey gravy to give it that kind of gross poop color. And people loved it. I would say that was probably one of the most popular specials that I had this season. Um, as as the- unappetizing as it looked, I ate at least three of those puppies. <laughs> it was delicious. And with, with the photo op we had right outside the oh. entrance to the snack bar, I'm surprised you sold food. Oh gosh, that, that stink that stayed for probably a good month that we couldn't oh get rid God. of. Yes. And right <laughs> after the trauma event, we had that eighth grade dance. Those poor kids, it sunk so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, you know, the adventures that we had this year, we really could write a book just on this year alone. It's we been- could have a sitcom. Yeah, truly, truly. That is something too. You, you mentioned keeping the line moving. That's a big challenge. I mean, I worked the cash register in the snack bar for years and i always felt this tremendous pressure to ring everything up as fast as i could to keep that line moving but the nature of the beast is when it's busy it's just it's a long line of people and uh whether it's food prep or turnaround time or serving or whatever you know our goal is to get people out of there while the food's still hot but sometimes just the nature of physics and reality prevent that from being as as fast as we'd ever like it to be yep and i always try and tell the kids not to rush like don't 
don't rush just for the sake of rushing because that's when we make mistakes and we right. you know miss things or we double charge somebody and we we don't want to see that happen but yeah definitely keeping that line moving you know i i think we kind of threw out the idea of maybe on those busier events trying to get somebody out there with a tablet that can just do you know maybe credit cards checking people out just to try and get the the line moving because we saw that on saturday that line was incredible for our tim burton weekend on saturday yeah so let's talk about that so when it comes to the last month in general traditionally what i do as the booker is leave october pretty open because naturally things will fall out. We have the most time to figure it out and it's something we can shift things into. And for those people who want a little inside dirt, we had Zach Galligan booked to come back for Gremlins 1 and 2, which we had amazing success with, gosh, maybe two or three years ago at this point. But it fell out. Zach was busy with his schedule, so the thought was, let's find something that's family friendly, but still plays to the Mahoning crowd. And uh, obviously, again, those of you guys in the know, we got access to the Disney vaults this year, which allowed us to request Nightmare Before Christmas early. And we found out we could get it. So the weird world of Tim Burton was born, but I came to the staff and eventually Beth with the question of, okay, what do we play? We know we got Nightmare on Saturday. The idea for Friday was the Johnny Depp double uh, with Edward Scissorhands and Sleepy Hollow. Kind of plays to our audience with Sleepy Hollow a little edgy and easier fare with Edward Scissorhands. So what was your thought, Beth? My thought was Beetlejuice. I went back to that chamber event that we did last year and Beetlejuice was just absolutely amazing. The people that came in in costumes, I think it was a sellout too. It was like it, a Thursday. It was and close. It was, it was a really, really busy Thursday. And I said, do it. Let's do it. It will definitely bring the people in. And yeah. it definitely brought the people in. <laughs> and, that, and the only thought was like, you know, we're going to have literally children out the who because we're going to be doing... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, incredibly rare screening. We want something that is going to be an easy kind of pill to swallow for the children. And Beetlejuice, it's one of those movies, even though it's insanely dark, I watched that so young and fell in love with it so young and found things in it that I loved that, you know, kind of the adult stuff went over my head. And the amount of kids that we had that were so into Beetlejuice was insane. Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to do well, but what was your experience like on Saturday? For those who don't know, we had an unexpected sellout on Saturday night of Tim Burton weekend. On Saturday night, that was that was incredible. I, I have no words because I don't know that I was quite expecting it to be that big. I think it's nice because a lot of times I think we we aim more towards that horror slasher kind of thing. So it was nice to see newcomers and families and kids there enjoying the atmosphere and the movies. There was a little boy that came in with his popper bucket and he was so excited to to get his refill of his popcorn and go out I and watch the movie. It, it was it. just so, so sweet, you know? But the line in the concession stand it, it started, I want to say, probably about 6.30. And it yeah. ran until you heard that boom at the beginning of Beetlejuice. And then literally, <laughs> it was, 
it was barren. And I had said to the kids, I said, I am just waiting for the applause round to start when everybody just exits out of the stand because it just didn't stop. It was intermission level, like throughout the whole entire night. Yeah, it was unbelievable. The line didn't stop throughout the whole entire first feature. We had cars coming in throughout the whole entire first feature. It was just never ending. I think what really helped was sharing out the specials early, sharing out the photo ops early, letting people know what we had in store for not just them, but their families. And, you know, it was the perfect storm. And as Jeff mentioned, as of right now, we're the only game in town as far as a drive-in goes. Most of the other drive-ins across the state have closed for the season. So it was perfection, but hats off to you for being able to balance that madness <laughs> that really was a wave that we didn't expect. I remember even going into the weekend, I'm like, maybe we should try to watch payroll a little bit. And then afterwards, I'm just like, gosh, anybody who we could add, jump in, just jump in. Absolutely. Um, I felt so terrible because I was, you know, floating. So I was in and out of the snack bar trying to help where and when I could. And I realized I asked Rob how much is left in Nightmare Before Christmas with this huge line that was that was straight out the snack bar, almost all the way out to the entrance road. And uh, he said, there's only 20 minutes left in this. And I looked and I'm like, yeah, that line is no shorter than it ever has been. And I looked at the snack bar staff busting their ass and I said, they're they're not going to get a break tonight until this line is over. It just, it was full bore the whole time. And Sandy had a huge line outside. It was just, I was struck dumber than usual at uh, how busy we were after several weeks that were kind of lighter, you know, as October rolls in, people have other Halloween things they do and it gets colder. People don't come out as much, but it was just like, I think Max in the snack bar said it was like, he hadn't seen something like that since August. Yeah, it was really, really nice. I mean, and if anybody knows, like my soda refrigerators are on the outside of the stand. So I would be refilling soda in these little racks that we use and going out the back door of the stand and all the way around because I couldn't get out any other way. And to fill like the condiment table and make sure that, you know, there were condiments out on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Mark looking at me going, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's a I mean, I, I felt like I had any kind of grill skills so that I could jump in and replace somebody. But the only thing I could really do is replace whoever was doing the register. You know, and, and like I said, it was so weird because like they kept up on food. Like there wasn't a weight on chicken nuggets or chicken fingers or even like I only did the drink special. I did the sandworm hot chocolate. And that's all we needed that weekend, because if I had done a food special, it would have been just complete and total madness you know and sometimes you have to think about that too like when i'm thinking about a special going okay we've got 600 people this has to be really easy for everybody to be able to do and making sure that everybody knows how to make it so that way if that person isn't there everybody knows how to jump in and be able to do it and be able to make it the plus of that weekend even though we felt like it kind of caught us off guard we got so much love it so many people who were coming for their last time of the year um, and then after the fact, the reviews, not just for the theater, but the concession in general, you know, specifically calling out how badass they were for getting through that line and, and making sure everybody was happy. So again, another crazy hats off. It's time to stretch and fetch. See what's cooking at our refreshment counter. You'll find your favorite foods and beverages, plus many new goodies to tempt your appetite and add to your evening's pleasure. 
Everything's the finest quality. So treat yourself now. Your attention, please. All new hotshot electric in-car heaters have been installed for your comfort and convenience. Just insert heater through car window and turn on the switch. When leaving, please turn switch off and replace on speaker post. Warning, high voltage. For your own safety, do not attempt to repair or remove wires. Do not attempt to open heater unit. If you need assistance, please notify the theater box office or concession manager. Before we um, jump into some of the traditional show fare, I know we have some voicemails. Why don't you give us your favorite event of this season? I know it's hard because this has seemed like a lifetime of a season. Even going back, kind of doing some financing stuff at the end of the year. I'm just like, God, that was this year. <laughs> that seems like a lifetime ago. My favorite event of the season. I, I have a hard moment, time. memory, whatever it is. I have a sub question too. your favorite event as far as working the event and the experience you had. And then also if you were able to actually get out and watch any movies this season. I did get out to watch movies this season. A couple. I went out and I watched Escape from New York, which I was absolutely thrilled for. Absolutely yes, that's thrilled. Right. It was one of the early Tunnel Vision Tuesdays. And I had to go out and watch and see that movie. I did get out to see The Tangler with Vincent Price, which, oh my gosh, that was absolutely amazing. And that set up <laughs> with the honking of the horns and the, yeah, the lights that's... on the screen. I I love that movie. And I, I know it was like a collaboration between like Rob and Carl and a couple of other people. And it was just, that was just absolutely phenomenal being able to see that up on the screen because i i do i love vincent price i think he's fantastic as far as working an event this season hey that one's hard that one is so so hard i will say the the trauma event is a lot of fun i would probably go trauma we trauma brings in some really strange people but they were all so thankful that we held their event for them. And they are always so thankful. Even the year before when we had trauma, they are very, very thankful. And they are so appreciative of everything we do and everything we provide and the photo ops and the special food. And we wind up with a lot of like special needs as far as food, like vegan options, vegetarian options. And they're always just so thankful for it. And I think for myself, it's just seeing those people come in in costume and is it people watching? We'll just say people watching. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the gig. I say it. It's like we had a article posted in like the biggest Philadelphia area newspaper in like 2018 or 19. That was like magnet for strange. The Mahoning welcomes you to come and get weird. <laughs> I'm just like, well, <laughs> get ready, guys. <laughs> it's trouble weekend. <laughs> Yeah, that just opens up the gate. So on our last episode, we got into some spooky stories, memories of movies that really freaked us out. I guess it makes sense before we jump into these voicemails, which I take it might be some of our fans' stories. Do you have a memory, Mama Beth, of a movie on TV or theatrically or something like that that just flipped you out? I wouldn't watch Child's Play as a child's. Oh my gosh, that's a great one. I totally forgot about that. I was the same way. Chucky scared the shit out of me, which was funny because I had like tons of Barbies and all these different things, you know, because 
you know, that's what you have. But that scared the crap out of me. And We're I like, just not happening. <laughs> I still, even to this day, I don't know that I really have ever sat and watched that whole entire movie because it just scares <laughs> the crap out of me. <laughs> it's all about the timing. That's what we got to on last uh, podcast is like, if you see a movie at the right time, it, it doesn't matter how quote unquote good it is as far as it's made. If it's effective, it's just like, it sticks with you. Yes, you know? absolutely. And that is one that always sticks with me. So child's play, definitely. There was a later Child's Play sequel, and I can never remember the title. They they did Child's Play, and then they started getting into, you know, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, and they became more comedies than anything else. Yeah. But after Seed of Chucky, there was this much smaller in scale Child's Play film where it got back to just a woman in a wheelchair alone in a big house in a thunderstorm, and Chucky is loose, and he's trying to kill her. And it was so creepy. So like, if you ever watch Child's Play, I would say follow it up with that one because it just, it cuts the whole comedy aspect out of it and it just, it, it, it'll terrify. Um, so Mark, what do we have in way of the voice messages? And I guess it's, it's, it makes sense to let people know what these voice messages are all about. So if you go to our anchor.fm website, this is a way to listen to this podcast and it's where we upload our podcast. There is a URL would be www.anchor.fm forward slash Mahoning Drive-In. And there's an option there to leave a message, leave a voice message. So once in a while, I mean, anytime you want to leave a voice message, we love it. Tell us the stories about your experiences at the Mahoning or any drive-in or drive-in memories or what drive-in you currently go to, anything like that. But in the last episode, we asked people to share their memories of their favorite scary movies. Now, I'm going to play these without ever having listened to them. So these could be people telling us how full of crap we are, or it could be. <laughs> well, this will be fun. <laughs> You're Mahoning Drive-In Radio. You're terrible. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Drive safely. So here we go. First, we have our old pal, Albert Mariotti, left a voice message, and it goes a little something like this. So I'm an 80s kid, and um, I guess it's obvious. We, I had Freddy Krueger nightmares all the time. And I, I loved them. I loved that. I feel like I was in a Freddy Krueger movie. Uh, so I looked forward to Freddy Krueger nightmares. And I had them throughout my childhood. I had them in the 90s as well. And even in the 2000s, in the late 2000s, it was 2007. My ex-girlfriend at the time in the nightmare pushed me off a cliff down into a waterfall. I'm sinking towards the bottom uh, of the water's black abyss. And up comes a Freddy glove. And he grabs my ankle, pulls me down. And I look down and it's Freddy. But half his body is a merman. Uh, it's like a skeleton merman. And he <laughs> probably threw out a, f a classic Freddy pun. And I'm just sinking to the bottom. And he's holding on to me. And I wake up. And I just start laughing to myself like Freddy's back. And uh, that was that was a while ago now. And I'm still waiting for him. I'm still waiting for Freddy to come back. That's incredible wow. oh my god i think he just wrote the next nightmare sequence. that that's actually that vision of freddy as a half mer freddy <laughs> a merman a mer mer terror <laughs> i'll tell you what like that that's one that people can go to easily you know that that's designed to terrorize your mind and for a child that idea Again, just like what we talked about with aliens and possession and things like that, the idea of somebody coming into your dreams, your, you know, safe, unknown space, 
that's just crazy. Did you guys ever have vivid dreams or have vivid dreams? All the time. I mean, I remember having a Freddy nightmare when I was a kid, but it was really, really simple. It was nighttime. I was at the house I grew up in, which had a huge yard. And basically I was standing on the edge of the yard facing like this big tree that was in the yard. And like the silhouette of Freddy just ran at full speed across the yard, right up into my face and then said something and I woke up. And that was enough for me. Oh yeah. That's terrible. I was a big baby. I didn't watch a lot of that stuff. <laughs> You're like not happening. I was the chicken. I used to have this thing, um, which has really nothing to do with movies, but I used to have this thing where I, I would dream like images and I, like, I, or I would at least remember images and like, it would be the most mundane thing, like a hallway with a person in the foreground type of thing. And this might've happened like three times, but I thought it was like this weird anomaly. And then like, I'd wake up and the next day I would be going through my day and, and that moment would happen in front of me. I'd be walking down the hallway at school and somebody would walk in front of me. Like, oh, I, 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 I saw that, you know, I don't know if that speaks, um, you know, into my madness in some weird way, but I also had this weird period where I felt like I could control my dreams. Like I could consciously know that I was in a dream state and lucid dreaming. That's called yeah, make mm. things happen. Like that was something that I actually wrote a loose pilot on the idea of like being able to harness that, that space, which has been done a million times, but that used to fascinate me as a kid, because I felt like I was tapping into that somehow for that period of time that I, felt like I could do it, you know. Prepare yourself for the most intensely shocking motion picture of our time. <laughs> Nightmare, the motion picture everyone is talking about. Hello? Hello, Steve? From the man who terrified you in Dawn of the Dead and Friday the 13th, special effects director Tom Savini, now comes Nightmare. Terror will surround you. Pray you survive the night. Nightmare. Scream, but no one can help you. Listen to me, George. It's only a dream, and dreams can't hurt you. Are you there, George? So that was a really fun one. What's his name again? Albert Mariotti. He was the guy who told us the story about being asked to cry so that they could get in to see Jurassic Park at a drive-in. 
Albert, I have to thank you because I mentioned it on the podcast. If you're a regular listener, I literally stole that story of you forcing uh, or having you forced to cry to be able to get into the drive-in into the children's storybook that we're working on. So hats off. I'm going to literally credit you. What else we got, Mark? Well, we have from our good friend, Mr. Gene Beretta. No relation to the Robert Blake 70s cop show. We have a message that I have not listened to that goes a little something. Hey guys, it's Gene Beretta. I'm following up the conversation about scary movie moments. Um, mine didn't happen when I was a kid, but I, I think it's worth sharing anyway. Um, and spoiler alert, I was in a theater watching M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, and this guy sitting in front of me kept distracting me from the movie by pushing his seat back and hitting my knees. And he didn't realize it, of course. So I knew at some point I had to say something. So we're watching the scene when Mel Gibson is in the neighbor's house, walking up to the door to see if there's an alien behind it. And I wasn't really paying attention because I was trying to figure out the best way to approach this guy. So I leaned forward and gently tapped him on the shoulder just as the alien claw sprang out from under the door. And the guy screamed and almost, almost levitated. <laughs> The perfect timing, and I wish I could say I planned it that way. That was a little William Castle action in the theater that, that Gene provided that guy with. That a is little 4D. Amazing. I love it. We uh, we love Gene, first off. And I have to say, Signs is my mom's favorite modern movie. She loves that movie so much. And like, I remember seeing it in the theater with her, and it was so effective on her. She's the type that literally will like squeal in her seat. You know what I mean? So it, it had her right on the edge. It was perfect. I think it's funny too, because when we were talking about scary movies, I think it's your perspective of it too. You know, a lot of people think of like those slasher kind of movies. I never would have thought of signs until all of a sudden he said it. And I'm like, wow, Jeff and I went and saw it in the movie theater. And when that alien like comes walking across. The crossover, the ooh. Like, and, yeah. and <laughs> And he's going, Vominos, children, Vominos. And he's telling them to get away from the TV right. so you can see this alien. And the, it comes across the screen like, and you just, you jump. Oh, you know, it's I, so good. You know, and when he cuts its fingers off and stuff. Like, I've, I've seen it probably a hundred times, a hundred times because my mom loves it so much. And it is, I, I think that was going off of, and Mark can speak on it. I think that was going off of kind of the Bigfoot footage, simple brush across the, uh, the, the camera oh absolutely it was enough to freak you out like is that what they look like you know because that kind of feels like what it would be like if somebody were to catch a you know uh especially at the, at the time that that movie was out somebody were to uh, catch an alien on camera it would be something as simple as that yep mm -hmm. yeah terrifying that for me is still my number one is is fire in the sky which we talked about and the idea of aliens you know so we got to bring back alien weekend we did it with et and mac and me i think was the last time that we did it we had talked about alien invasion weekend and it i think that sort of morphed into the thing double feature oh we make double gosh, that's which funny. is a brilliant series that can go forever anyway yeah that's true but uh yeah the alien invasion movies we, we threw a lot of titles around and uh it just a lot of times between the beginning of an idea and show day, things kind of morph a bit. Totally. That was all the voicemail messages that we have, but we do encourage anybody to keep sending us 
uh, their favorite scary movies. It lets you record about 59 seconds at a time. So if you need to take multiple swings at it, just I'll, I'll cut them together. Nobody will ever know you, you did it in multiple segments, but that's anchor.fm forward slash Mahoning drive-in and then just click on the message button. Where is everybody going? To the refreshment center. It's everybody's favorite spot for delicious, tasty food from a snack to a full meal. Drinks, coffee, hot chocolate, and ice cold drinks of all flavors, plus all the extras, including gum, ice cream, candy. Make your evening at this drive-in even more enjoyable. The refreshment stand has everything to make your visit here a pleasant one. Why not get something now? So I know this will come out after the season ends. It has been such an amazing season and every chance that we get, we want to thank everybody who's taken the Mahoney into their heart. This has been uh, beyond a legendary season, a challenging season for all of us, physically, mentally, uh, for the business on personal level. So uh, th this feels like a much needed uh, little breather as we go into the off season. But uh, since we have Beth here and she's somebody who, you know, began as a fan of the Mahoning and saw a lot of our annual events born, um, I'm working on, as, as everybody will be a part of, the calendar for the 2022 season. Now, we've started a couple new annuals this year. We have some annuals that people will expect to come back. But Mama Beth, what's your your favorite annual that we do as far as what do you look forward to, whether it's on a fan level on, uh, or an employee level? Oh, universal monsters always. Although I did miss it this season because we went away on vacation. So that's right. That was your, that was your one weekend off of the year. It was. And when I saw the pictures of James and that, that outfit of the, the wolf man, I, I almost cried because I was missing it. <laughs> I feel your pain. It's the worst part. When I was running the vineyard, a lot of our festivals would fall on weekends. So it was a real juggle for me to, you know, run out, be somewhere or sometimes not be at the theater for a big event. And it is, it's almost like I'm missing out on all the fun. Mark, I'm sure you can relate with that. Well, in the past more so, yeah, when I was living six and a half hours away, I couldn't be there as often as I can now. But uh, yeah, even the weekends I'm not there, I, I see the pictures and you're like, oh, you never know when that magic moment is going to happen when some customer will show up in costume or show up with a vehicle straight out of one of the movies. Or I mean, a lot of this stuff is a surprise to us as much as it is to the your fellow moviegoers. I think one of my favorites is it's really hard to say. I love the really weird, obscure stuff that I never had a chance to see when it first came out. So I, I lean more toward like the schlockaramas and things like that. Yeah, but a lot of people's Universal favorite. Monsters is great because none of us have ever had the chance to see most of these movies in the theater. And we don't just play Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, although this this year we did. But we, we play all the different sequels and things that most theaters would never play. So it's really exciting to be able to just immerse yourself in that stuff. I mean, Camp Blood is fun because of all the the extra things that Exum does with the tug of war and this year the pizza eating contest and all the, the camp themed games. It's hard to just for me land on one annual event, but it might be it might be Schlockorama for me, actually. I love that. Yeah, well, that's the craziest thing with our calendar now, even kind of loosely putting the skeleton together is we have so many established events and create a lot of events that make sense to bring back. It's, uh, it fills out pretty quickly and finding the space to fill that in. Plus the, you know, wedding rentals that we have and specialty events that we have and blah, blah, blah. 
it's just like uh, it's like a little game of Tetris as we we make it all fit. So what, speaking of, you know, regular events that we have, we do our monthly Patreon screenings. And before we started recording today, Beth had brought up something that, about the last Patreon screening that was sort of a fun, interesting, something you don't see every day in an indoor theater, if you wanted to talk about that. Oh, the the film and how it yeah. was, um, but it was, it was moisture damage. Yes. So you got a lot of that like white flicker up on the screen. And when I walked in the the projectors oh my gosh the, those poor projectors you could hear it it was making like a clicking noise almost like a i guess because virgil you were explaining to me that the emulsion what on the the film gets wet and it sticks to itself right. correct yeah. and what the projector is trying to do is literally i guess peel the the film apart from each other and we did have a couple of sections in it where the film actually wound up getting burnt and it split yeah. Which if you've never seen a film get burnt before, it's it's terrifying and it's fascinating. It's beautiful and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you're literally like it's like the death of a, a cell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it really is like <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's it is. I think we had seen it once before when Jeff and I had come to one of the events. I think it was like that Euro shock horror one that you guys had done many, many years ago. Right. It was it was very interesting to see. I was actually standing outside when it happened and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this didn't just happen. <laughs> well, you know, well, maybe people don't know, but for our Patreon screenings, we dig into our vaults, which a lot of the films that we have in the vault have been rescued and may not have been played since they've been rescued in a lot of cases coming from damp basements or literally flooding situations they might not be in the best condition robert did inspect this film that we're speaking on and the thought was it seems like it's good enough to run so i think we got through the first two reels no problem definitely the water damage was clear with like beth said kind of the white spotting jumping all over the screen but once we hit that third and fourth reel it was like it, the, the projectors were fighting film was snapping and really what happens with a film burn is the film will snap one piece of film will be left not moving through the projector but left stuck and the light beam burns right through it because of the heat but it, it is something when you see on a screen it's beautiful and the amount of people that from that screening came in and said I, you know how long i've been waiting to see a film burn <laughs> you know how long we've been thankful it hasn't happened. just like so then, excited i think it was mark mark that was there actually viewing the screening came in and was showing me pictures like he got multiple pictures of it oh, when it so happened it was beautiful. absolutely amazing yeah and it was sad because even with the water damage on the film itself the color was so nice on that film. It was just, yeah. it was sad. It's the weirdest thing how it works, you know, because it is, it's pieces of, of the actual image just start peeling off and going away and it doesn't affect the rest of the picture, but it's like a, a weird anomaly. And to the, be clear, we, we don't normally show pay, to paying audiences films that look terrible and are ready to burn it at a given moment. It happens once in a great while, but generally the film is inspected to make sure that doesn't happen but but the patreon shows we're pulling these films out of our vault and we tell our subscribers these are what we call grindhouse prints so they may have some imperfections and things 
And for the most part, you know, they are inspected, but they haven't been projected by us before. So we're all experiencing this for the first time together. And that was certainly the one really bad print we've run out of the, what, four or five of these Patreon shows we've done. They've been in actually surprisingly good shape considering how they were stored. And uh, yeah, everybody got, they got the Reader's Digest condensed version of that film that night because it would jam and burn and Jeff would just dump to the other reel, the next reel, and it would play for a while. And then that wound up happening. So it happened a few times. Due to the nature of the film we were watching, it didn't really hurt the story at all, funny enough. <laughs> Luckily, we had planned it to be a, a final double feature instead of the single feature. So the second feature ran perfectly. There was water damage for a few seconds on one reel. Otherwise, it looked great. But uh, it was an inch. People did say how much they enjoyed that experience. They said the the damage added to sort of the gritty and grotiness of the film we were watching. And it's just the kind of experience you you literally don't get at an indoor digital presentation anymore because it just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's what we hear over and over again. It's especially with the Patreon. Those are our quote unquote insiders who really appreciate the inside look of how we run the business and certainly how the art of 35 millimeter works. These are the same people that were, you know, moved to tears when Jeff went out of his way to show a couple minutes of the good, bad, and the ugly print and talk through that. It's, it's a love for what we do that I think no other theater would even want to show behind the curtain, but take the time to kind of show the flaws when, when things jump out like that. You know, it's funny because I'm thinking about the Patreon screenings. My favorite memory of this season comes from a Patreon screening. We were showing a Kung Fu movie, not to be mentioned, and we had heat lightning going on. And it's one of those things where there's a total blur between the screen and reality. And watching this classic Kung Fu title with perfect conditions of the heat lightning, it was it was beautiful. It was like so strobe beautiful. lights in the clouds behind the screen, but no thunder. So just mm -hmm. these, these puffy white flashes, but no sound. It was really, really interesting. Each year, 10,000 tourists visit Ocean Beach. They come to swim, to go boating, or just to lie in the summer sun. But this summer, Ocean Beach has attracted something else. American International presents Tentacles. It slept until man disturbed it. Then it woke with a fury no man could control. Tentacles, a giant octopus with eight writhing arms, deadlier than the claws of a tiger. Eight tons of bone-crunching terror that tears apart a quiet seaside community. Tentacles, starring John Houston, Shelley Winters, Bo Hopkins, Claude Aikens, and Henry Fonda. Tentacles, a fight to the death between the mighty jaws of a killer whale and the awesome power of a giant octopus. No sea monster of myth or legend is half so deadly as one that actually exists. Tentacles, the most gripping suspense you'll ever experience. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. So the youth crew at the drive-in have shared with me and other people their, their deep, profound belief that the snack bar is haunted. Do you have any official statement to that fact? I don't think it's haunted. I spend a lot of time in that snack bar by myself and I have never experienced anything like the kids talk about things moving, noises. I, I don't, I don't know. They're convinced. I, they are convinced. They talked to what Twiggy on the, <laughs> on the, uh, the, <laughs> the Ouija board. I'm like, who's Twiggy? I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Um, 
I will say though, Max brought uh, this little ceramic hot dog guy. He bought him at the flea market and he brought him in and I unwrapped him out of this bubble wrap and I picked him up and I said, he's adorable. And the light went out and he looked at me and I'm like, this thing's possessed. You need to take it away right now. And it wasn't that the ghosts of the drive-in were there. It was that this hot dog ceramic guy was possessed. <laughs> like, get him out of here. Uh, <laughs> but he's it. currently sitting in an aluminum foil hot dog wrapper on the shelf. And it's the bathroom pass when the kids have to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> That's amazing. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you. Well, this has been an awesome time getting a different perspective to what we do here at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. And we have a ton of amazing plans for the off-season, including virtual screenings, which we want the whole staff to be involved with. And again, like Mark said earlier, if you guys want to chime in, let us know your favorite uh, concession specials of the year or shower Mama Beth with some love. Feel free to do that. Jump on over. And uh, this this makes total sense for me to uh, plug the Patreon. It's a great way to stay in contact with us in the offseason, as well as support us as we move uh, into the 2022 season god time flies guys time flies all right well i love you guys thank you for everything that you do and uh to, to our fans we'll see you guys on the next episode and on that note jeff take it away my friend ladies and gentlemen thanks again for coming out tonight to the mahoning drive-in theater we hope you'll come back and see us again real soon the exit is on the right hand side of the screen at the front of the field and most importantly have a very safe trip home Good night and God bless you.